If you've got your Bibles with you, um, if you want to turn to John chapter 15, the, uh, if you're kind of just figuring out this whole Christian thing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four books where you want to start. I said a few weeks ago that the Bible is a whole collection of books. That's why it's called Bible. It's from the Latin uh, Biblio. We're not going to go into that just now, but there's a whole collection of books. And if you are thinking about how do I read the Bible, I would recommend that you go about two-thirds of the way through it and that you start with one of these books, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, they are the stories about Jesus' life. Jesus is the center of what we believe. He is at the heart of what we believe. The Bible tells us, in fact, that every single book in the Bible points towards Jesus, testifies to Jesus, or tells us a story of how people try to live out faith in Jesus. And this morning, I want to read some of the really famous words of Jesus. In John's Gospel, he, he, he says, I am several times. And this is one of them. He says this, John chapter 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit Unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is about Jesus and it points to Jesus and it testifies about Jesus and that it shows us how to live Jesus-centered lives. And as we gather this morning, Lord, it is our desire that through doing family together, through gathering as your local church in this place, that you would reveal more of yourself to us, that you would change and challenge perhaps the attitudes that we've brought with us this morning. And that you would continue to transform us to be more like Jesus. 
Amen. So this morning, uh, we are going to be commissioning our new leadership team in a few moments' time. And uh, I just want to really quickly reflect on a few things that we've been through as a group already. We had our first meeting together on Monday evening. uh, And I can honestly just say it was such a great joy. Something that I picked up from somebody a few weeks back was that uh, about whenever you meet up with somebody, say, you know, I've, I've said in the past that my favorite question is, how's it going with God? I've got maybe a new favorite or an equal favorite one. So if you meet up with me, you might get, how's it going with God? You might also get something good, something bad, and something God. And so uh, uh, that's how we are now starting our leadership meetings at Southside. Everybody has to say something good that is going on in their lives, something that they are struggling with, and an area where they have seen God at work. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment's time, if I have time. Um, and, uh, but first of all, I just want you to kind of picture in your mind the sort of leader who you might best respond to. The sort of leader that um, if you were a follower, and we are all followers in one way, shape, or form, but the sort of leader that you might follow uh, most easily. And, and, you know, being, uh, having preached on We Are Equal last week, I feel a little bit kind of that I'm, I'm going back into that, that, that kind of shaky ground here. Because what I was going to say is that being a guy... Okay, first bad statement of the morning. Uh, being a guy, I like want a leader who's a little bit like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Do you know what I mean? You know, I want that sort of person who's like thumping their chest and they're giving amazing speeches and, and all and you know and gonna run through a brick wall. It's why when I was growing up as a young rugby player and you guys won't know him, but he was the guy he was captain of the England team when they won the World Cup. Okay? because uh, England won the World Cup back in 2003. Just put... <laughs> so back in 2003, when England won the World Cup, and Martin Johnson was the captain, and like he wasn't a great speaker, and he wasn't even, in a, in a sense, a great player um, at the kind of basic skill sort of level, but he became a great player and a great leader because he worked so hard and because he put the team before himself and because literally his team would know that he would run through a brick wall for them. And, and, in, the, and in the context of faith, what we get when we read Jesus' words this morning is Jesus saying just before he runs through the, the brick wall that is the cross the most challenging thing that, that Jesus was going to go through. Uh, and he gives his disciple these, word, these words that we've just heard this morning. And, 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 it, and I would never want to say that one bit of the Bible is more important than another bit. But if you imagine uh, that, that you know you are about to die and you want to leave a legacy... Uh, you know, it might be that kind of, you know, imagine if, you're, if you've got really close friends or perhaps you're married or perhaps you've got children and, and, and you know that it is going to be your last conversation with them. You want to leave them with something to live by. And that's what we have in these words of Jesus this morning. And in that, I think, we, again, we see that kind of like Martin Johnson leader. Jesus was a leader who wasn't just telling his disciples what to do and for them to go out and do it. He was literally the guy who was about to go to the cross for those who were following him. And 
what I think that we see in this leadership of Jesus and in, and in what Jesus says to us about leadership, I just want to pick out very quickly a few things. Now, I want to make a recommendation, first of all. All our staff team have worked through this book. Our, our new leadership team have worked through this book. In your connect groups, connect groups are what we do at Southside. Some places call them home groups or cell groups or something like that. We call them connect groups because it's about connecting with God, about connecting with each other, and connecting with the community. And, and in the connect groups at Southside, we, we at times do the same thing. About two or three times a year, we'll say like we'd like all of the groups to follow the same, uh, same material for a period of time. And at other times, we say, you know, go where, go where you feel led. Perhaps an issue or perhaps a topic has come up in the life of your group. And, uh, and, and, and so you do that. And the people who are leading that will help discern that and so on. Uh, but I would love to say to you guys, read this book, okay, read this book first or at the same time, but get hold of this book. Get hold of this book and, and, and read it and, and love it and learn from it. But the, perhaps the most important thing that comes out in it, and I think it comes out in what Jesus is saying in these words about being the vine and each of us remaining in him. And, and one of the central things that this new leadership team at Southside wants to live by is this, that we are the project, that we are the project, that each of us are the project. And what I mean by that is this, Jesus says that I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. He is commissioning this group, he already has and he's about to commission them in that great commission after the resurrection to go out to make disciples, to be the early leaders, the planters of the infant church. And the thing that Jesus says to them just hours before he dies is this, remain in me. So often I think that leadership becomes about what we do, it becomes about achieving tasks, it becomes about getting stuff done. And yet, in his almost dying breaths, Jesus says to his disciples, to those earliest leaders, Remain in me. You are the project. And the reason that this is so important, the reason that this is going to be at the heart, my commitment to you as pastor here at Southside, the commitment of our new team of leaders, the commitment of our staff to you as people who we serve is this. Our first priority, my first priority is not you. (laughs) And my first priority is not even my family. My first priority is is remaining in Jesus. My first priority is to recognize that I am the project. And there are many ways that we do that, but of course the first is spending time with Jesus. And that's why at the heart of our leadership meetings, as we're now going to call them, or leadership gatherings, in fact I was saying on Monday night, wouldn't it be amazing if actually our times of gathering as a leadership team were actually just basically our connect group. Um, and, and, and it wouldn't matter if we did nothing but come together and share what's good, what's bad, what's God doing, and prayed with each other, and worshipped together. If nothing else happens when this leadership team meets, I will be a happy pastor. <laughs> if nothing else happens, I'll be happy because we will be making us the project. We'll be spending time with God. We'll be seeking God for each other. We'll be seeking God for the church. 
We are the project. Our first challenge as leaders is to remain in Jesus because only then can we do anything. And you might be sat there thinking, okay, well, that's, that's fine because you guys are leaders. But the second thing that I'd want to add to that is that we are all called to lead. You know, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? When you read a book and you underline loads of it, so nobody asks me if you can borrow it. If you can't afford it, I will buy it for you, okay? But otherwise, buy it yourself because you can't have mine because there is just writing all over it. But all week, I've been trying to find this one quote and I can't find it. It's so annoying. I've like, I used my fountain pen and everything when I was doing this. And I'm like my, it just looks beautiful, but I can't find the one thing I need to find. But, but the essence of it is this. We are all called to lead. The nine people, we've got ten new church leaders. One can't be with us because of a, a family thing that was, has been arranged months and months ago the this morning, uh, but we have we have ten new church leaders plus myself, and, and uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, you might be thinking, oh, you know, you guys are leaders, you need to remain, but. I'm not a leader. And, and the simple thing to that, whether you are the youngest person, I'm looking, I think Daniel might be the youngest. Oh no, we've got an even younger one back there. But the youngest person to the oldest person, you are all called to lead. Because people look to all of you. You may be called to lead in your workplace. You may be called to lead in your home. You are all called to lead in the church. Remember that I've said before and I affirm again, we do life as a community. And so you are called to lead my children just as I am called to lead them. And I am called to lead yours. And so my encouragement and challenge to each of us is this. How or are you remaining? If you were to look at your lives, how are you remaining? How are you seeking to remain in the vine? Because the first thing the leader needs to recognize, the first thing that each of us as followers of Jesus and therefore leaders of someone need to recognize is that we are the project. But the second thing is this. We are the project, but the project is not mine. I am the project, but the project is not mine. And I wrestled with whether to say this or not this morning. But I'm going to. And forgive me if it doesn't come out quite right or, you know. I am the project, but the project is not mine. One of the things that I hear most often in the life of the church, whether that's locally here at Southside or whether that's when I meet up with people around uh, Scotland or around Glasgow or different pastors groups or just meeting up with Christian friends is, that's not my sort of thing. So, so, you know, you get people and they come along and, and, and like, so if we were going to have a worship, if, if, if we said on Wednesday night we are going to have a night and all we are going to do is, is sing and worship, some people would say, well, that's not my sort of thing, so I'm not going to come to it. And then, or, or if on Wednesday night we were going to have a night where we were going to get some amazing theologian to come and, and to speak, uh, you know, and to do some kind of really deep lecture, the sort of thing that Al would understand and that I would be struggling to understand. But, and, and some people would be going, well, that's not my sort of thing, so I'm not going to come to it. 
And what's been, what has struck me afresh over the last number of weeks as I look around Southside is that some of us and some of you, in fact, I want to encourage you in this, are really great at saying, do you know what? Even when it isn't my sort of thing, I'm going to be there. Even when that isn't my sort of thing, I'm going to, I'm going to go there because I know that the person who is next to me or the person who's in front of me or the person who's behind me, it is their sort of thing and they are my family. And yet we have this kind of uh, um, consumerist culture in which we do get to pick, choose, I'll take that, I'll take that. So apparently uh, I was speaking to one of our neighbor's kids the other day. They were going to build a bear at, um, at Silverburn the other week for a birthday party. Who knew that you don't just buy a teddy bear anymore? Okay, you, you, you know, like when I was a kid, everybody had the same teddy bear. But now you tailor make your teddy bear to your individual preferences. Okay, and, and, and what I want to suggest is that Build-A-Bear is, a, is like a microcosm of our culture. Because we all say, oh, well, well, I'll have that bit, and I'll have that bit, and I'll have that color, and I'll have that squeak. Or I'll have that, it's probably not a squeak anymore, it's probably a battery. That I'll have that voice, and, and my bear will look like this, and be, you know. And, but that is what we're like in so many areas of our life. We have Build-A-Bear Christianity, dare I suggest, where we say, well, actually, I'm going to take that bit from there, and that bit from there, and that bit from there. And what I want to encourage us in this morning as we remember that the first thing is that I am the project, but is also that the project is not mine. The project is not mine, and so I don't get, just get to choose which bits, I, which bits I embrace and which bits I don't embrace. If you're part of the local church, then, then you embrace and you love the whole of that expression of the local church. And there's lots of great local churches that you could plug into. But if you're going to say that Southside is home, Southside is where God is calling me to serve and be served, then it means that when we do that worship night, even if worship isn't your thing, you say, but it's my brother's and sister's thing and I'm part of the family or even when we do the deep theological night and you feel a little bit like me you say well it might not be my primary thing but it's my brothers and sisters thing and I'm part of the family so you are the project I am the project but the project is not mine And that leads me, there's so much we could say on this, but these are just some of the things that we're drawing out as a leadership team in which I would love us to draw out as a local church as well. The final thing is this. Leadership. If I am the project, the project is not mine, then it is all about service. In a moment's time, uh, the young people are going to come back in and we're going to go through foot washing and I'll explain it a little bit more then. And if you are, you know, if you happen to be coming along to church for the first time this morning, and if like me, you grew up thinking that Christians are a bunch of freaks, then what we're about to do might not change your opinion. Okay? It might not change your opinion. Okay? But what we're going to do in a few moments time is something that Jesus did once again just before he spoke those words. On his last night with his team, Jesus washed their feet. And he said, this picture, me doing this for you, is a picture of service which I want you to pass on and on and on. I've I've said that we live in a culture 
that Build-A-Bear type culture. But one of the things that really excites me and one of the things that I believe that as a church we can really uh, seek to grow in and serve our community in is this. I think people do want to serve. I think people do want to help. When, when, uh, when Give a Day got started, people wanted to go and help with it. When Touch Air was happening, people wanted to go and help with it. When, when we do the bikes project at Christmas, non-Christian people want to go and help with that. Service is at the heart of who God is. It's at the heart of who leaders are. It's at the heart of who the church is. And our commitment, again, to you as a leadership team, and I hope and pray our commitment to each other as a group of a whole load of leaders in different areas, is this, we will serve. Because if we are the project, but the project is not us, or is not mine. And if we follow in the example and stay plugged into the vine that is Jesus, service is surely our defining characteristic. He came not to be served, but to serve and to lay his life down as a ransom for many. We have the cross behind us up on the stage just there. And as we sing in a moment's time, if the band want to come back up, but as we sing, I would just invite you to just, just to look at that cross. To be reminded that at the cross we find transformation. At the cross we're reminded that we are works in progress. We are projects. That God is transforming each of us. But also that it isn't our project. It's the continuing work of God's project. And that as we look at the cross, we see the greatest example of service ever. And that's the model, the way in which we're called to follow. So let's stand. And uh, as we stand uh, in a moment's time, the, well, I think straight away, in fact, the notice will come up to go and collect the young people. So if you go and do that, if you could make sure you do that really sharply so that all of the King's Kids leaders can come back in for the next part of our service, that would be great. Uh, also, we'll take up an offering at this point. That's part of our worship. You don't have to uh, feel obliged to put anything in. Or, but if you wish to worship God in that way, then this is your opportunity. So let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that you've called us to follow you. And Lord, we remember that in being called to lead, and we're all called to lead in some area or other, but that in being called to lead, we are the project. That you want to change each of us and transform each of us. And unless we remain in you, we can't do anything. And so, Lord, would you help both our new leadership team, but each of us as well, God, to remain in you, to be people who remain. And, Lord, would you help us to lay aside all selfish ambition or vain conceit? Would you help us to, in humility, consider others better than ourselves? Would you help us to love like you did? Not saying that's my thing or that's not my thing, but actually saying this is our thing. 
Lord, I confess that it's so easy to do that. I know that I do that. I'm sure we all do at times. But may we be a, a church that is characterized by saying, this is us. This is who we are under you. And may we serve God. May we take joy in service as we look to your incredible example. Amen.
you'd like to take your seat. Now, is that, yeah, you got me now. Fantastic. Sorry, my fault. Um, first of all, could I just say that any of the young people, any King's Kids uh, guys, if you want to come and sit down the front here just so that you can see what we're doing a little bit better, if you, then please feel free to do that. Parents, you don't need to come with them, but if you do, keep an eye on them roughly. That would be great. So uh, look, we've got some seats. We've got seats down here as well. So anybody who wants to see what's going on. Down you come. Anybody else coming? Reggie's coming down. Emily, do you want to sit here for a second? Do you want to sit there? No? You want to hold my hand? Thanks for putting snot on my shoulder earlier. Yeah? (laughs) Um, Now, we are about to do something that some of you might remember that we did a few years ago. We did this for the first time as part of our leadership commissioning three years ago. And... Can you guess what we're going to do? Good guess. I think you might have already known that. Oh, your mum told you. Okay, right. So uh, does anybody... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So yeah, this morning we are going to wash people's feet. Does anybody know why we are going to wash people's feet? No, Harry, it's not because they're dirty. (laughs) Any of you guys know why? Anybody think they might know why? Anybody heard about somebody quite famous doing this once? No? No? King's Kids leaders, we got a lot to work on. Um, Callum. Jesus. Can you remember what he did? He cleaned the disciples' feet. Can you remember any more of the story? Can you remember why he cleaned the disciples' feet? No, okay, let me tell you. So in the Bible, I'm not going to actually read it out. So in the Bible, this is my paraphrase of it. The night before Jesus died, the night before Jesus died on the cross, uh, he was having a meal with his, with his disciples, with his closest friends. And it's from that meal uh, and something as, uh, that happened at that meal that we take communion now. And we're going to do that in a few moments time as well. But yeah, you can have communion in a moment. Um, but At that meal, before they took communion, Jesus put a towel over his arm and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, in the days when Jesus and his disciples were alive, now, Jesus is still alive, the disciples aren't. Um, But in those days, they walked around in sandals. Now, have any of you ever walked around in sandals on a wet day? Yeah? Crocs on a wet day. Did your feet stay clean? No. What happened to your feet? Dirty. They, when, if you wear Crocs or sandals on a, on, on a wet day, your feet just get disgusting. They get like dust all over them and the dust turns to kind of like mud on your feet, doesn't it? Yeah, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. It was like that every day, except it wasn't always wet. In fact, it wasn't very often wet. But their feet just kind of got sweaty and then mud on and dust on them. And that would have just turned to like gunk on their feet. It would be absolutely disgusting. And so when they went into a house, one of the servants would wash their feet. And so Jesus' friends came into the room where they were going to have this meal. And they were expecting a servant to come and wash their feet. But, Callum, who washed their feet? 
Jesus washed their feet. Do you think they liked it when Jesus washed their feet? No. Why don't you, why don't you think that they liked it? Exactly. They would have thought that Jesus was too important. And that's what, that's what it says. Like Peter says to Jesus, no way are you going to wash my feet, Lord. Uh, because Peter knew that Jesus was God. And, 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 and he said, you're not going to wash my feet. I'm really sorry. Um, and, and so Peter said, you're, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, I need to wash your feet. This is a picture of, what, uh, of, 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 of me serving you. And it's a picture of how I want you to serve others. And so in other words, even though the disciples found it difficult, they still did it anyway. Now, everybody who is having their feet washed this morning, I think might find it a little bit difficult. How would you feel if I just come, suddenly decided, right, I'm going to wash your feet? You'd find that great. Oh, I'm not going to ask you then. <laughs> You'd like it? Oh no, they all, animals and children, what do we keep on saying? Would it, I, I'm guessing that quite a few of you wouldn't like it. Quite a few of you would be like, oh really, do you have to? I don't want you to wash my feet. Like feet, are like, you know, it's kind of like a... Pro- it's kind of like a private bit of your body when it comes to washing it, isn't it? It's like, you know, you, 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 I'm just going to wash my own feet. Okay? That is how probably most of the people this morning feel about it. How would you feel, this may not work, if I asked you to wash my feet? Right, okay, look, they freaked out there. Exactly, exactly. That, that was the right reaction. I'll give you the money afterwards, okay? Okay. Um, so if, if I asked you to wash my feet, you'd be like a little bit like, oh, your feet are in your shoes and they're sweaty and they're disgusting and you've got horrible toenails or, or whatever it might happen to be. And you wouldn't want to do it. And, and again, the people who are washing feet this morning might feel a little bit like that. And yet the reason that we're doing this is because it's an amazing picture of Jesus serving us. And then us serving others. I want to ask you one more question. There is like a bonus point. Uh, Mary Martin will give the person who gets this right a bag of Haribo at the end of the service. Okay? Who in this room... Okay, it's just for you lot, not for you lot. Is Jesus' body... Who? God. it. Well, yeah, kind of. But who actually, who physically in this room is Jesus' body? Yeah, Reggie? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Okay. And one more guess, Joshua. Nobody. No, not, not nobody. It's still not. We all are. We're all Jesus' body. I am getting the Haribo because I got it right. We are all Jesus' body. We are all called to be Jesus' body. And so what we're going to do in a moment's time is some people are going to wash the leader's feet as a picture of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and then the leaders are going to wash their feet. So could I invite all of our new leaders who are here to come and take a seat, first of all, please? You were going to say that. You should have said it then.
I've already got someone to do them. He's offering to wash your feet. And while these guys are taking their shoes and socks off, I'll just introduce everybody to you in case you don't know everybody. This is Jenny, Allison, Al, Alan, Denise, Peter, Leslie, Debbie, and Douglas. And uh, Doug, we have another Douglas as well, Douglas Gooding, who uh, isn't here uh, with us this week, weekend, as I already said. So these are the guys who you have called and who we believe God has called to be our leadership team here at Southside. And now, could I ask the people who are going to wash feet to come forward, and uh, we are going to wash their feet. You might just want to sit there praying. You might want to, uh, you might want to watch, absolutely, yeah, and remember Jesus as we do this.